Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Fangirl Nation, you are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. And Steph, today we have two pretty important episodes. I know I say that every week, but I think it's kind of true every week. Pretty, pretty important episodes of season one of Friday Night Lights. We are on to episodes six and seven entitled El Accidente and Homecoming, respectively. Lots to unpack with both of these. Yes, absolutely. This was a couple good episodes, though. It, <laughs> it, right really, it really does. It really is. And both of these episodes, and not that they didn't do this before, but really drive home the importance of football in Dylan. And mm-hmm. I think really drive home, like in the Taylor family, and beyond how sometimes there is a difference between what's right for the team and what's right, which is actually a line Matt Saracen says towards the end of El Accidente. So let me give a quick plot overview of of El Accidente, and then Steph and I will really dig right in there. Uh, When the episode opens, we are at the burger joint, and pretty much everyone's there. Uh, Voodoo Taylor, uh, Ray Tatum, excuse me, Voodoo Tatum, not Taylor, uh, walks in with a couple of friends and he ends up getting in a fight with uh, a couple of the players on the team. As we've discussed before, he is just definitely not meshing with the Dylan Panthers. He makes a derogatory comment to Reyes, uh, tells him to go back over the border and calls him a wetback. And obviously that's horrible. And this becomes a thing. At the same time, we have Matt and Landry and their friend who we had actually not met before, uh, whose name all of a sudden escapes me. Oh my God, Steph, what is his name? Kurt Caster. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why it's really good to have two people on a pod. (laughs) (laughs) But before they even get in a fight, Kurt is basically, you know, telling... Matt, that he's a sellout, and you know, they there's like this dynamic because he's switching from their group to the high school Panthers football group, and so there's this disconnect either you're on the team or you're not. Yes, there is, and Matt's never experienced that. I mean, all of a sudden, Matt's experiencing a popularity and like a notoriety that he's never experienced in his life, so it is certainly a point of dissension among the guys. So later, a little bit later on, uh, they're outside and Reyes and Castor run into each other. And Reyes, I mean, there's really no other way to put it, beats the crap out of Castor. Just the crap out of him. Um, and he really, for no reason, except that he's still mad at Voodoo. Uh, so it's, and bad, like puts him in the hospital bad. Yeah. So as the episode develops, the police come to practice and... Uh, Coach asks Reyes about it, and he lies to him. And he says that Castor said those derogatory things to him. And 
it becomes an issue for Landry and Matt because Matt says we weren't outside. We don't know what happened. And Landry's whole thing is you've been friends with this guy your entire life. And it becomes a point of dissension between them, between the best friends. But the big thing here, of course, is that Reyes lies. And because he lies and says that, and not only does he lie to coach, he does a press conference on the news and lies, which is a, is even worse because he's sullying the name of this kid who didn't do anything wrong who didn't call him names, who didn't say those things to him. So Reyes uh, is allowed to stay on the team. Meanwhile, Voodoo and Coach end up in more of a fight because Coach has him on defense because he doesn't want to play in quarterback. Like, long story short, by the end of this episode, so Voodoo is no longer a member of the Dillon Panthers. Uh, his story arc has ended. His school has reopened, and off he goes. So that is the end of that. But the big thing, of course, is this situation with Castor. And Reyes, so he he lies to coach, but then towards the end of the episode, uh, Matt comes over to coach's house, and this is the line I was referring to. He says to him, Reyes, that Castor didn't say those things to him, Voodoo did, and Coach Taylor says, I thought you said you weren't outside. He said, I wasn't, but I've known Castor my entire life, and I think I forgot for a little bit between what was good for the team and what was good, or what was right for the team and what was right. And that there, I think, kind of is very much the crux of what we would talk about there. At the same time in this episode, we have another big storyline starting, and that is Tim and Jason and Lila spending time together. Tim comes to see Jason at the hospital, as we've talked about before, Steph. He wasn't coming. Uh, It was too much for him, and he was just drinking himself into a stupor, sleeping with Lila, like all kinds of bad things. But he comes to see Jason and Jason really reads in the riot act and says like, what happened? Where have you been? Where was the guy that when things were looking great and I was on my way to the NFL in Texas forever, where was, where is that guy? That guy seems to have disappeared since I got injured Uh, and they have a really big moment. And so he and Lila and Jason go on an excursion, which for obvious reasons is a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, Jason is not aware that it's uncomfortable but it's certainly uncomfortable. And we can also really see how Tim is developing real feelings for Lila. Um, They at one point go into a convenience store to get food and says like, maybe you don't have to make out with him in front of me. I understand that we're done, but maybe you don't need to, you know, rub it in my face. So they spend this whole day together and it's a special day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the episode, Jason is back in his facility and he goes to the window to see them basically to like, just smile and be happy that, they got to spend the day together and he sees that Tim has driven Lila to her car and they have a goodbye that makes it very clear that something has been going on. And right. that is when the episode ends. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's an embrace, but it's like, huh, I wonder why it's that long. <laughs> and then there's like a moment of like a handhold. It's like a, it's clearly like a this has been great, but we have to move on, embrace. And it's not, it, uh, Jason is not fooled. Jason is not an idiot. And I think Jason is someone, it's very interesting. I mean, you've got a guy who, and we've talked about this before on this, but like the beginning of the show, a few, and in, in show, in the time of the show, like three weeks ago, was this incredibly good looking, talented, smart quarterback that was going to the NFL and going to light the world on fire. And now he is in a wheelchair and, relearning the use of his hands he also not to get uh r-rated on this podcast because we don't use that however 
he also has found in this episode, at least for right now, like he can't have sex. Right. Uh, he's got he's got a catheter in. There's a lot. He's a lot. There's a lot going on right now with Jason. Uh, so this he didn't need. But there's my very brief plot overview because we're going to you know delve into the issues in this episode. And I know Steph has a lot that you. I know you have a lot you want to say and you lot want to share. So let's let's talk a little El Accidente. Yeah, it was a big episode because, uh, you know, Jason, I think, is starting to feel like, you know, a little bit back to normal and being able to kiss and the fact that he's able to, you know, have normal feelings for Lila. And then he has to kind of stop himself from that because, you know, he just can't, you know. And then that's when he calls Tim basically to come down because, you know, he needs somebody to talk to about all of these things, you know, and he can't necessarily talk to Lila about it because he's embarrassed. And Tim's over there, you know, replacing his carburetor. Or I don't even know what the actual thing is, but, you know, he's, he's fixing his truck and he's drinking and he's fixing his truck and he's drinking. And he doesn't, and it's been about six weeks and he hasn't even come to see his best friend except for the one time before the football game, which the whole entire team went. So that, mm-hmm. you know, he basically says, you know, the, the grace period's over, you know, now, now I need you. And I really felt for Jason in that, that moment because he has no idea what's going on between Tim and Lila. And obviously it's his conscience bothering him. Um, right. Because there's no other way to explain that. You know, first he feels the well, guilt. In the beginning, it was the guilt. I think in the beginning, right. it was the guilt. He thought it was his fault. Um, and then he's also, I don't, no offense to Tim Riggins, who I love, but he's somewhat limited emotionally. His emotional intelligence is not super high. Um, and his, <laughs> the way he masks everything is with drinking. So in the beginning, it was that. And then it's Lila. And, but it's all, at the end of the day, it's all guilt. Like just right. it's, each guilt is replaced by the next piece of guilt he has. And, and, and Lila also feels the same way. I mean, when Jason starts to get his, you know, feelings back and certain things are happening, you know, um, she feels guilty and she wants to stop the affair with Tim. And she, you know, basically says, you know, we never, we never, this had to stop. This is something that can never be anything, you know, and Jason can never know about it. And she takes responsibility, but she also wants to end it before it gets even more messed up than it already is, you know? So mm-hmm. Tim is broken up about it because at the end of the day, she is in love with Jason. And so whatever it was, you know, he's kind of getting kicked to the curb, but it's, you know, obviously they went further than it should have ever gone. So there's emotion there. So it's yeah. a, it, it's a tough situation because obviously he loves um, Jason, but he also, you know, has feelings for Lila. So, and, and same with Lila, you know, she has certain feelings, but she knows deep down that she really does love Jason. So there's that storyline, which is going to continue to develop quite a bit over the course of this season. Uh, and then there's El Accidente. I mean, there's El Accidente is this episode, but then there's the whole thing with Reyes and Castor. And this yeah. is one of those real big episodes I feel like in terms of showing the character of coach Taylor uh, and how conflicted he is and there's that great there's a great scene where he's talking to his wife Tammy who is the guidance counselor and she he says am I talking to my wife or to the guidance counselor 
And it's yeah. a great line and a great scene because this show, it just goes again to how everything's so intertwined in this small town. And he's super conflicted. And I, I always felt, and I can be wrong, and there's no way we could prove this, but I always felt that Coach Taylor did know that Reyes was lying, always, but yeah. really wanted to believe him. And it was much better for the team if Reyes was on it. So he chose to believe him uh, until it was so clear that he couldn't do that anymore. And he goes at the end to see Castor and his mom and apologizes and says, I am so sorry for what Reyes did to you. And Castor says, when I get back to school, every member of this football team is going to have a piece of me in Coach Taylor's system. I can assure you that is not going to happen. But there's a, it's a big theme here, what's right for the team and what's right. And I think it's something that we see in our modern day sports and with our actual teams and with yeah. our leagues. And I think we're really honestly seeing a lot of that right now as teams and leagues are trying to figure out, can we play? Will there be fans? Will there won't, will there not be fans? And there's tremendous amount of money involved and there's people's lives and livelihoods and salaries involved and everyone trying to figure out what's right and what's right for the team. So I just think that's a, a big theme on the show and it's a really big theme in sports. And I just kind of find it interesting, especially in this time period we're living in right now. Yeah, it's really interesting like that you said that because, you know, everybody obviously wants to do what the right thing and you know, even things that are have, have happened in the NBA like with what's going on in China and there's like, well what is right? You know, because it's also mm -hmm. a business and it's also, you know, so you know, there's there's things you try to stay out of, you know, political wise and you know, even in sports and it's almost like it it's all intertwined you know you can't take you know so you do the best you can with what you have but it's going yeah. to overstep at some point and there's hard decisions that have to be made but yeah and of course this is just on a high school level but you know obviously you know what Reyes did was wrong but you know that's also all he has you know so he has had like such a hard life and you know you kind of just see the different dynamic in everybody because they're all kind of it's like a balancing act you can't really like, you can almost understand why Reyes would do that but he made a mistake so it, it's hard because how you know where do you forgive and where's the line and you know and, and obviously he what he did was very wrong and, uh, you know, I, you just feel for everybody involved in that. You want to help him out, but at the same time, you have to take a stand between right and wrong. So and I think, it's oh, sorry, hard. Go ahead, no, it's hard. <laughs> and one of the things that comes up is that this is in terms of his anger management issues with Reyes, this is the worst it has been, but it's not the first time right. that there's been a couple or an issue. And at the end of the episode, he does go to... Tammy Taylor for counseling. He comes yeah. to see her to talk through it. But you make a really good point. This is all he has. And as bad as it was that he beat the crap out of this kid and put him in the hospital, which was terrible, the lying was so much worse. And it's, you know, you make a mistake at 16 and does that become a sentence for the rest of your life? And it, a lot of it depends on how you handle it because perhaps, and again, this is a fake situation, but thinking about real life, Perhaps if he'd said, I made a really big mistake, I 
admit I have a real issue with anger and I'd like to commit to seeing the guidance counselor three times a week and prove that I can stay on this team. Perhaps he could have. Yeah. I I think that that was the big thing. I mean, because, you know, coach's wife, the counselor, you know, because you have the coach's wife and then you have the coach's wife, the counselor, like, you you know, she wasn't buying the story. She knew what type of kid caster was straight A student mentor, you know, she talked Mm -hmm. to her mother, you know, and he's also been arrested twice, you know, so she's not, you know, buying it and then the husband you know the coach you have the husband and the coach but he's like well he was provoked and you know you almost want to believe that oh there was a reason for it you know but at the end of the day you know in it what like I I I agree with you a hundred percent going on channel eight and basically exacerbating the story and it keeps the lie keeps growing like it went from like a lie and you know to this big lie and he called my family this and you know and you know and and then he involves the whole community into it and then it becomes like a almost like a race issue at that point so it complicates it but if he had just basically fessed up about it in the beginning and meanwhile voodoo's the one who said it and he's not getting any kind of you know any kind of repercussion so um you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because you, you have race that plays probably very big in a small town like that. Oh, absolutely. And we'll see that in seasons to come. It becomes, it plays huge. And the reality is, so the lie generally in life, the lie is always worse than whatever you did. Right. When you lie, it always, it always makes it worse. And you know, in real life, of course, it's a fictional show, but in real life, there will always be people in that community that think Castor said those things. Even with Ray is saying, I I lied or whatever, there will be the people that are angry he's not on the team. And there will always be people who feel like he definitely said those things and got away with it. And that's, you know, very, it's very unfortunate as well. Um, Yeah. That's the thing about a lie. You can't, you can't always go back. It's out there, you know, and you can't go back and correct every single one. Because people will all, and there'll always be people that will believe it no matter what. Right. You know, if I tell a lie about you on this podcast and then next week I go, no, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Steph isn't blah, 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 blah. There'll always be people that are like, oh, she had to say that. Steph really did do that. You know what I mean? And, and it, <laughs> I'm not saying I, wouldn't, I didn't even come up with a fake example because I don't want there to be one. <laughs> but but there, will, there will always be that. So I just think that theme of what's right and what's right for the team to me is just very fascinating. and very much apparent in our daily lives and very much apparent what we're seeing now. And going back to that really quick before we take a quick break, you know, a lot of people have beat up on, uh, at least on social media, on major league baseball players who've been pretty candid and said, like, I'm not coming back if I'm getting a pay cut. I'm not risking everything and getting a pay cut. And I think they get, and this happens to athletes all the time. Um, because they go to a different team, et cetera, et cetera. And I just think you got to go what's right for the team, what's right, what's right for you. And you have to weigh all that. But sometimes we forget like athletes are people and this is their job. And unlike a lot of people, most people, athletes have a very finite amount of time to make money. And most of them are done making it by their early 30s when most other people's careers are starting to take off. And sometimes we forget that, they have to do what's right for them too. And even if they make a lot of money, 
if you think about your own life, no matter what you do, if a competing company came to you and said, we love your work and we think you're incredible and we want to offer you twice as much money as your other employer, probably going to take that job. And so you have to think of it that way. And so, I don't know, I just think it's a theme that is prevalent in our lives and very much in sports. And I don't know why it made me think of that, but when I rewatched the episodes, it, it did, or that, that episode, it did make me think of that, that we have to remember right for the team, right. And right for the athlete. Um, that's just a, that's not so much Friday night lights is just kind of like, it just, it just made me think about it. Um, but that line, I just think is a great line. There are certain lines in the show and that's line from Matt Saracen um, from a guy who always does what's right. And ultimately he did. And that's one of the reasons he's such a great character. Um, and then he and Landry do make up guys. So don't you worry. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're besties yeah. again. And, um, uh, either you, it, you know, it's interesting because, and then you have, somebody that also is struggling to do with what's right, you know, as well. So it's just, uh, when I think of like, just, um, you know, wanting to stop the affair, wanting to, you know, stop being, you know, messed up, you know, the 30 days of residency for voodoo, it's like, everybody's like, kind of like trying to balance this act, you know? So, you know, it's, it, you know, all of them are, and there's, a, there's even a line about like selling their soul a little bit, like, you know, like there's some sort of, you have to forfeit a little bit of, you know, yourself basically for the game. And I, and I think that's interesting. And what we're seeing like with MLB, NBA, you know, and even potentially the NFL is that there's this line that has to be drawn. And I, I think that's with all sports, like you said, but, you know, everybody's kind of going through this you know, in everything, you know, and even the, even the kids, you know, when they coach pulls in Tim, Matt and smash, he's like, what happened? You know, they all lied for Reyes. So, um, you know, the, everybody's kind of in on this. Everybody knows that who said it, who really said it and nobody tells anything. And then it's just, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see how it all builds up. It is. And it's, I think it's interesting and with something we talked about last week, how coach Taylor, he teaches football and he teaches them how to be men. And so there's always a lesson in these. And, you know, he, I think he, he set an example and he did show when there's that buddy Garrity comes to his house at the end and says, you know, voodoo's gone. He left. And then also what's this about Reyes not being on the team and right. like coach Taylor's I'm, you know, I'm making the decisions that are right and right for the team. And you know what, at the end of the day, it is right for the team. You can't yeah. have someone on the team who at any given moment could haul off and put someone in the hospital. You just can't. <laughs> that's, you know, that's not good either. Um, you know, all right. We are... Sorry, go ahead, Steph. No, and you also have like Coach and Buddy Garrity, you know, they go to the Texas, you know, board and Garrity played football, you know, at UT with, I guess it's an administrator, Forrest Aiken or whatever. And, you know, he acts like it's basically a formality at best. And he's basically going to take a blind eye because they know he knows who he is. And, you know, even though the rule is that you have to have 30 days, he's uh -huh. taking that, you know, that different, you know, basically, he's basically willing to, 
you know, let it go for the sake of uh, Texas football, you know, it's just like, and so, you know, it's, it's, you know, everybody's kind of like playing on that thin ice of like, what, you know, what is, you know, what are they doing? Is, is it really right? Or is this just something that happens? And they say, okay, well, this happens every single team went and did this. Everybody tried to recruit it. And that may be true, but it's got to weigh on your conscience at some point. Right. I think that, I think that is true. <laughs> uh, so we are going to take a very quick break. Uh, and then we have more to talk about on weighing on your conscience, but we're going to take a very quick break to hear from our sponsor. And then we will talk about the next episode, Homecoming. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. All right, Steph. So then we have Homecoming. This is, I find this episode very interesting for a number of reasons. So quick overview. Uh, Coach comes to see Jason and asks him to, for the Homecoming game. uh, Well, first I'll start. We start with the Homecoming pep rally where Tim Reagans is. I don't want to shock anybody, but he's drinking. So he's drinking (laughs) a pep rally. Lila gets super annoyed with him per usual. Uh, but we could see that Lila also, it wasn't just, you know, a physical thing. She has feelings, some sort of feelings for Tim too. She certainly cares about him. Otherwise, why would she care whether or not he was drinking? Um, so we so we have that. Uh, Coach has uh, Jason. He asked Jason to come and run out with the team. Or, I mean, he won't, you know, run out on the team, but come out through the flags uh, with the team, which is, you know, kind of, a big deal for Jason. It's also a very emotional moment in the show when he does it. Um, but again, kind of what I talked about a little bit ago, it's, it is a huge deal because six weeks earlier, Jason was definitely going to be running out with the team, leading them to victory on his way to the NFL. And now he'll be there in his wheelchair. And, you know, I think it's his roommate calls him. Does, what does he call himself? Like the mascot? <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Who calls him that? But yeah, he's not, and that's not how Coach Taylor means it. And it's like a special moment, but it's certainly very different from how it was going to be. Uh, Tyra and Billy Riggins decide to put together a big party for after homecoming. With strippers, of course. So Tyler's Tyra's sister works at the local strip club in Dillon called the Landing Strip. So there you go. And I'll just let you exit with that. Uh, So they have strippers there, which obviously whose high school homecoming football party doesn't really, let's be honest. Um, That was a joke. Uh, So anyways, there's that. Um, But so they have this homecoming game, but there's a few things going on this game. So you have a big, uh, a guy who puts together basically the top 100 list of prospects going into college football. So smash is, excited to meet this guy, wants to impress this guy, and is super nervous about not playing well enough in front of this guy. And we have at the same time, a former state champion high school 
quarterback for Dylan that comes back for homecoming. And everybody talks about him and his agency in Dallas. And we find out later in the show, there is no agency in Dallas. He actually, he asked Coach Taylor for a job and he tells him, I blew out my knee my sophomore year. I wasn't playing much anyway. I got really focused on a girl. I started drinking. I didn't even graduate. I need a job. And you have, it's kind of interesting because you have Smash who's obsessed with the idea of, which understandably so, but in getting into uh, college and playing college football and going to the NFL and being a top recruit. And, you know, you have this guy that had all that and totally lost all that. And now what has happened to his life? And now he's asking Coach Taylor if he can hire him for a job to work on his staff. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting that you have both of those things going on. Um, so there is that. And that's, I mean, that's the big part. Those are the big things about homecoming. But then the homecoming came, homecoming game comes. Let me try that sentence all over again. And Smash has a terrible, terrible game. Uh, and this this guy is there and Smash is very broken up about it and incredibly upset about it. And he goes to see him at his motel and he asks him if he's going to get on the list. And basically the guy tells him, you're too small. Right. And at the very end, we see Smash now starting to take steroids. So there's that. So Steph... What else can we talk about? Another peppy, awesome episode. You know, I saw something really interesting that someone wrote about the show that actually I'm not going to say because if I say it, I'm going to give something away. So remind me later down the road okay. <laughs> when the season ends to mention something very interesting about the show. So there we go. So there's a, there's a teaser, guys. There's a teaser. Um, all right, Steph, homecoming. What you got? Yeah, so it's an interesting... Um, it's interesting all the way around because while you have, um, you know, Billy and Tyra planning this like party out of the middle of nowhere or whatever, you see a little bit of a change in Tim, you know, from, because I don't know if it's the conversation he had with Lila, but he starts running, he stops drinking, you know, and they're going on this other, you know, side of the, you know, planning on this huge, you know, party to get everybody smashed, but he's taking it. Uh, more seriously and he decides to do it and even though smash had such a terrible game it was you know tim riggins who had the game mm -hmm. of his life uh you know they moved him to full well he was a fullback um tailback and so basically he was able to bring him back and he became kind of the new you know smash mouth you know ball carrier and he gets the team ball and he ends up giving it to street which was a really nice moment know yet that jason has figured out right but right <laughs> it's like there's all these little dynamics to at play here but you know it's a nice moment because he's like this is why we're playing for it so it seems like tim's growing a little bit on that side um because he's putting down the alcohol and he's and, you know, my opinion of that is just that, you know, people do certain things to cope because there's certain, it, there's things that happen in your life and they use either whatever substances to cope, to get through it. It's a way for them mm -hmm. to kind of just, you know, move forward because 
they, they can't do it at that point without it. So, um, you know, you see him kind of moving forward and even though it was not a good way to be, you can kind of see that why he did it. And then you also see him kind of, you know, just evolving as a person. And, um, you also hear a little bit more about Tim's life because Billy tells Tyra that his mom, you know, was an alcoholic, never saw him play football. And he was kind of just thrust in this role of, you know, caregiver. And you Uh think, and and Billy himself is pretty young. And then you have Tim who's even younger, you know, and it's just, um, you know, it's amazing. And he's getting sober, you know, and on the other side, you see Billy kicking it with Tyra and he's calling in sick, you know, and he's picking up all tons of liquor and it's just a, it's a different juxtaposition from the very beginning where he's like, hey, get up. You got to go to pra- practice. And it's like it's they flip almost. They do. And Billy, to me, is such a great character. And we'll see him develop more because, like you just said, he was thrust into this role as caregiver. And he did it. I mean, that's the other thing that not to discount because Billy is pretty young. And a lot of people may have said, I'm not taking care of my teenage brother. Like, you know, when he, he did it, he was thrust into this role and he accepted the role and he, he does the best he can as limited as Tim is Billy is even more limited and, (laughs) but he does the best that he can. And I just think Billy's one of those people much like Tim, who is a good guy, doesn't always make the best decisions, but he's not a bad person. Uh, And we see the relationship ebb and flow, but it's, um, it's, it's interesting. You're right. For this episode, they really do switch. And there there is that flip because we do see in the beginning Billy trying to get Tim together. Because I think Billy, in a lot of ways, sees Tim as the potential, like what maybe what Tim has the p- talent potential right. that Billy didn't have. And, you know, he wants him to fulfill that. But they definitely flip in this one. And we see Tyra kind of start to, you know, blossom a little bit in this episode. Oh, yeah. And she makes all, I mean, well, together they end up, you know, making thousands of dollars. So (laughs) the party and it, you know, it's interesting because it's like they they're putting their mind together and they're trying to do it. And, you know, Smash thinks he's all that, you know, he's got all these letters, you know, from UT, USC, Ohio State. And, you know, he thinks he's, you know, all that but people generally talk about his size and going back to that, um, you know, smash did show up four hours before the game, you know, trying to get his mind, right. Studying, you know, the playbook because Grady hunt was coming and that puts a lot of pressure on him. And he almost made it up more pressure, you know, about himself, but that's just a lot of pressure. And so that, that it's building, you know, this pressure to, you know, it's he thinks that this guy Grady Hunt is basically going to make or break him and what I liked about the coach is he says you know you're going to have a lot of Grady Hunts coming in here and Mm -hmm. you have to basically take it one game at a time and you know focus on this game alone and you see that he gets in his own head about this and and he has a bad game not because he's not talented but he just, he couldn't, he was making wrong reads, you know, he wasn't, you know, seeing the gaps. And so he wasn't concentrating on the game and he didn't have his mind right. So 
that's why he did it. Not because of his size, but he kind of takes that easy way out, I guess. And Grady Hunt, I mean, Grady Hunt is like your quintessent. First of all, his name's Grady Hunt, which could, I mean, can you come up with a better name for like the guy who can look at top recruits? It's like the most perfect name. And he's like your quintessential central casting person for this role. And, you know, it just, it, it he plays to the insecurities. You know, it's true in life, you, when you have an, when we have an insecurity about anything, you can always find someone to confirm your worst fear, your worst suspicion, so to speak. And in a lot of ways, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because as you said, it is not his size and his talent level. He just gets in his own head and he makes a whole bunch of mistakes, but he goes to see Grady Hunt who tells him it's a size and okay, fine. It's my size. So now I have to work. You think that Grady Hunt was kind of alluding to him? This was like, I couldn't figure this out. And I thought you would know. (laughs) But do you think he was (laughs) alluding to like, basically he wanted him to put on more masks? Basically, was he saying, you know, does he need to, you know, does he need to use steroids? I mean, I didn't know. Was that what was being encouraged? You know, it's a good question. I, I don't know for sure. I think you could probably make an argument either way. I think you could definitely make the argument that he was saying to him, like, you're small. So I think he was telling him he probably needs to bulk up. I don't know that he was kind of insinuating, but I think you could make the argument that he was. Um, Maybe also kind of based on his behavior the entire episode. He was, Katie Hum was kind of one of those guys that, like, you want to think is a nice guy, but probably really isn't. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's all like demeanor the entire episode was like, you want to believe he was there and supportive, but like he probably really wasn't. So I mean, I think you could make the argument either way. <laughs> I, I would say based on the show and the way that they nuance, we could go with yes. <laughs> you know, there is like a, a lot of nuance in the show. Um, I just, I guess my hesitation with it with it is I I'd hate to think that that's what people do, but then that's probably just naive of me. Um, But he basically told, I mean, he did say to him, it's your size because reality is Grady Hunt. This isn't the first time he, he may be the first time he's seen smash play live, but there's no way he hasn't watched film on him. So he knows what he's capable of and he knows what he can do. So we had to know he just had a bad game and that it wasn't. And you, even in the game, it wasn't his size. It's not like he was getting barreled over. Right. right. He just couldn't, like you said, he couldn't read the defense. He couldn't find the gap. Like he couldn't do anything right. So I guess you could make the argument that he was insinuating it. I'm happy to go with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was just, I wasn't sure about that. And like, you know, and uh, you just kind of just, see that you know he and then he fumbled the ball and then he could he was running into his own protection so I was like well it's not really him it's just he's in his own head and I was just like and then he leaves you know you see him leaving the side of the the game when Riggins comes in and he feels like he didn't get his touches you know and and he didn't because he was playing so badly like that was kind of and he was warned you know so he lost that you know and instead of saying oh man you know what is it about me? He, he wants to blame his size. And they, I don't know. I just feel like it's so sad because he's not even a grown adult yet. <laughs> right. like, I guess, and thinking about it, there was maybe a little bit of a, I, I think I'll have to watch that scene again, but there was a little bit of like, it's your size. Wink, wink. 
there's a little, you know, maybe there was a little that. How do you fit in this? Still have to go back. I have to go back and watch that part again. Um, but we do see kind of the beginning of that for Smash, uh, yeah, which so is not. It's so sad. I mean, really, it's, it's very sad. This show, man. <laughs> though I haven't cried during this podcast, which is a shocking situation. Um, but this show, man, tugs at the heartstrings. And when Tim gives Jason the team ball, I mean, that just the game ball that just like breaks. And then, of course, at the party, I don't know why I say of course, but at the party, you know, Julie comes over to see Matt and with her really cute little hair and she clearly had like which I like I like that kind of detail just because clearly she'd put some time and effort into what she was wearing to the party because Julie like is kind of like the jeans and sneakers girl you know and I just like that little thing like she had the crimped hair and she'd like put makeup on and she's coming to talk to Matt and he says to her uh, would you want to go on a date? And she was like, what? He goes, it's just a stupid idea, but it was cute. It was like a very sweet, like high school moment. And it's interesting because there's this, there's a sweetness to them that kind of maybe no one else has. They still have an innocence that right. a lot of the other parents don't have. And they're a little bit more typical high school. Uh, granted, I think Julie's a freshman and Saracen is a sophomore at this point, but Tim's a sophomore. So um, there's that, oh, but there is kind of, yeah, Tim's a sophomore. He's two years really younger than mm-hmm. he is a sophomore. <laughs> I always wondered to be honest, like if he was a sophomore always, or if they decided they needed him on the show a few more years, so they were going to keep him a sophomore. Cause I don't think they really actually say his year yeah. when you're watching the show, but he's in high school. I want to say he's got, because he and Lila are the same age. So they are, I think they're both sophomores. Maybe they're junior. You know what? They could be juniors. But they're in okay. high school at least two or three more years. Oh. So, uh, let's <laughs> see. So I don't, I don't know if they were ever supposed to really be that young or if it's just that they felt that, like, after a few episodes, they're like, we're going to need to keep them here longer. Because they don't really <laughs> specify. We know Jason's a senior. But they don't specify. And we know Julie's a freshman and we know Matt's like a sophomore, but we, they don't really specify the others. Um, but they are in high school a couple more years. So, yeah. And you see, yeah, too, there's, yeah. there's even like a cut where Tyra visits, you know, the counselor, you know, and she doesn't want to take algebra and she talks about getting her GED and, you know, you can, you can just tell she wants to move to California and she's coming off like that kind of getting jilted from that dude, Connor, and yes. who's an adult, you know, like, <laughs> it still bugs me, but. Well, because it's really, it's, it's very upsetting. It really is. It's gross. <laughs> but, and it was nonchalance just really, I mean, that's what, to me, it's like even the nonchalance that I just like, yeah, so I got to go back. Also, I have a girlfriend. It's pretty serious. Bye. I know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, she's, she's, she's going through a lot. Like I really feel for Tyra. I, I don't know. And it's like, and I want her to, you know, want something more for her own life, you know? And she kind of mm-hmm. takes a dig at, you know, the counselor and say, you know, I don't want to be you and I don't want, you know, and I was just like, wow, you know, there's just a lot of anger there. And, but it's like, she still doesn't know what she wants and she, 
even though she claims she she's just tough. She's got this really exterior, you know, out, you know, outward appearance, but you can tell inside she, you know, is a nice girl, you know, and it, it makes me feel yeah. sad. And then on the other side of it, you have, you know, these, these players, like the, the guy who came back, Lucas Miles or whatever, that star quarterback, which was so mm-hmm. bizarre to me at homecoming. Like, it's like they live for this. Like their high school days are their best days ever, you know? And they're all coming back. And I, I know homecoming's a thing, but I didn't realize it was such a big thing. And it was just like, well, that's like absurd, you know, that, that he's treated like this god, you know? But mm-hmm. But then, but how sad is the lie? Like he's treated like this god, and he feels like he has to put on this like story for everyone, right? Because that's not how he is in real life. He doesn't have a job, and he's not selling insurance, and he's got a four-year-old son or whatever. But that's when the counselor basically says, "Too, she's like, you know, this town. This town is what makes these kids into idols, and when they get out of it, they fall flat out on their face." And it's a hundred percent true, like. There is so much more to high school there or football or whatever it is. And only a few kids are going to make it, but it's like they put them on this pedestal and they do fall hard when they hit real life. Well, I think we see it even in real life in college when you have, you know, there's that commercial um, for the NCAA that always runs during um, like, you know, all the bowl games and, during March Madness and whatever, and says there are however many college athletes and like 90, I can't remember what the percentages, but will go pro in something other than sports. And I would see it in college with friends who were treated like gods their entire lives in all kinds of sports that they were never going pro because it just wasn't the same kind of, it wasn't even just like the football players or the basketball players who weren't quite good enough to make it to the NFL or the NBA but other sports in which they weren't going to go pro. And then what would happen when they graduated? And it was like, wait, what? Their whole life. Yeah. What do I do now? And you see the struggle. And so I think, and with this town, it's even worse because you're in this small town in Texas and you graduate high school. And if you just were a superstar football player for the Dillon Panthers and that's it, like your options and Dylan are pretty limited. So it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting thing. And it is true. That's what this town does or that, you know, that town of Dylan does to people and players. And that's why I think coach Taylor and the Taylors are so integral to these kids and to this town, because that line, when Tyra says that to her, I don't want to be you. And it's just funny because you like, Tammy has like a pretty good life. She's happy. She has a loving husband. She has a career she loves. She has a daughter she loves. Like she has this like great happy life. And, you know, from Tyra's 15, 16 year old perspective, her life looks small, but really she's got a really great life (laughs) and she's happy. You know, she's got the career she loves. She's got a great husband. She's got her daughter. Like she's, you know, very, she's smart. She's making a difference in people's lives and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see that develop a lot um, over the coming episodes as well. And we haven't talked about Tyra as much, but that will definitely change because she becomes a much bigger, more important character. 
Uh, and just kind of a, a final note on that, like you said, that she has a real tough exterior. And I think with a lot of these kids, and this is, I guess it's kind of like what I was saying about Matt and Julie before, a lot of them have a very adult, tough exterior, yeah. but inside they're children. Oh, yeah. And they're children dealing with very adult things. And that's, you know, one of the, the big themes throughout the episode and you have Matt also dealing with so many adult things, but there is a sweetness and innocence to him. And Julie is, you know, definitely still a sweetness and innocence to her. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out in the coming episodes. Uh, so that brings us to Steph fangirl says who's hot, who's not for Friday night lights. Um, and El Accidente and homecoming. I'm going to have to give the who's not to Reyes. Oh yeah, uh, for a variety of reasons that we've discussed, uh, and I think uh, I'm gonna give the who's hot. Give it to Tim. Step yeah. stepping up, stepping up. Who are yours? You're, feel free to keep uh, pick the same ones if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean Tim was definitely not only in the football game where he stepped up and he like basically put the team on his back and won, but I like that he's changing and growing up a little bit, and I I understand him more. Cause he decides, you know, no, I, I'm going to not drink, you know, in the morning or whatever. And like, it's a start. It's a definite start. (laughs) And he's out there like, um, you know, you know, running and he's trying to get his life, you know, back. And he's trying to really think about what's important. And he does take, you know, Jason out. And I just think he really made that effort. And I just, I really appreciated that. Um, and my, who's not, you know, who really bugs me is, is, um, you know, buddy Garrity, I, you know, what bugs me about the whole Reyes, obviously what Reyes did was wrong, but it felt like in the beginning he was going to tell the truth. But he was kind of egged on by Garrity. You just need to tell us, you know, and we'll help you. And that's racist, you know. So I felt Mm -hmm. like he's the adult, you know. And he was, like, aiding Reyes to just tell us what we want to hear, you know. And that bugged me more because he's the adult in the situation. But that's how much of a priority, you know, the football is to these adults. And And it's they should just know better, I guess. <laughs> yes, right. No, they should. And it goes back to that town. They should know better. You have yeah. for as much as the, the, the kids are dealing with adult things, the, a lot of the adults are acting like children. So, right. and, I, and I felt like bad. if given the right, you know, given the right opportunity, I think Reyes may have told the truth, but he wasn't allowed to because it, he knew there was so much pressure there. And I felt like he was egged on by Buddy Garrity. So he's my who's not. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, next week we will be back with you. We'll be on episodes eight and nine. Uh, Excited to talk more Friday Night Lights. And with that, my friends. Oh, a couple things. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's very, very helpful for us. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.